Thanks, Jen. Man, we can't wait to see what God is going to uh, do in, in these new villages as uh, he gives us a footprint there and can share the good news of Jesus with people that desperately need it. Uh, and uh, so thank you for your generosity. Thanks for being a part. Uh, I was thinking in my life and probably in your life, there's just something about having just the right people in your life, isn't there? Think about it in your life. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's uh, one of your kids, maybe it's a, a close friend, maybe it's a neighbor that is just diehard and always there for you. Maybe it's somebody that, who, who can make you laugh within just a few minutes of being with them, right? Just, just the right person in your life or somebody that you trust to tell you a hard truth, right? There's nothing like having just the right people in your life or somebody who you don't talk to or you don't see them often, but when you do, it's just like no time has passed. Some of you are going to see some friends this Christmas time that you're like, you haven't seen them for six months, eight months, a year, and as soon as you see them, it's going to be like just old times, like they know you, they get you, you get them, there's a connection, just the right people, or somebody who's seen you at your best and also seen you at your worst, and yet they've stuck around, they're there for you. Nothing like having just the right people or somebody who cares about the small, insignificant details of your life that you share with them and they really do care or someone who never makes you feel bad for asking for a favor or needing help. Isn't it true there's nothing like having just the right people or the right person in your life? Last weekend, we launched into a brand new Advent series called Just in Time. Just in Time. Just in Time for Christmas. And last weekend, we, we looked at our core passage found in Galatians chapter 4, and we discovered that Jesus came just the right time at Christmas. We kind of had a little history lesson and, and, and discovered why those 400 years of silence that, that God was actually working and ex orchestrating, all putting things together in just the right way in order to bring Jesus into the world at just the right time. And this weekend, what we'll see as we continue to study these same scriptures, not only did Jesus come at just the right time, but Jesus was just the right person. Just the right person. In fact, the perfect person, the only person qualified to come for us at Christmas and eventually do what he did on our behalf. And that's what we want to think about together. We're in Galatians chapter 4. This is kind of our core passage for the entire series. Let me just read it for us, and then we'll, we'll kind of concentrate on just a couple phrases. It says, But when the right time came, God sent his Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us, who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. And now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So we want to spend time thinking just in that very first sentence. Last weekend, we concentrated on the first part of the sentence, but when the right time came, just the right time, and today, just the right person. There's a couple things that this short verse tells us about the God that loves us 
and the identity of Jesus. It first tells us that God was the one that initiated things. God looked upon the landscape of humanity and saw uh, the brokenness of our world, the sinfulness of humanity, and God said, I'm going to do something about this. And what he decided to do was to send his son. It says he sent his son. You see, this is really important for us to understand, and we're going to look at this in more detail in just a few moments, but it's saying that, that this Jesus that was born in Bethlehem was much more than a simple human being, not just a little baby, but he was God's own son. He was divine. He was holy. But it says he was also born of a woman. He was a human being. He was fully human. And that leads us to our bottom line truth for this weekend. Jesus was just the right person because he was both fully God and fully human. So let's think about uh, that, that first phrase and, and the, the hope that we have found in uh, the promise of Jesus. In fact, in Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 23, it says, Look, the, the virgin will conceive a child. Yes, the birth of Jesus was a, a miraculous birth and conception. It says, she'll give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel. We sing about it at Christmas time. It means God is with us. This Jesus that was born at Christmas time, he was God in human form. Now, that's hard for us to like wrap our minds around, right? It seems impossible, and yet we just heard about the impossible things that God's accomplished in Burundi and that he'll continue to do in our midst. And it's not impossible to, an, to a God of impossibilities to, to make this happen, to decide to come in, and take on human flesh to be God with us. And that's exactly what happened. But then it begs the question, well, even if that's true, if Jesus was fully God and fully man, why did it need to be that way? Why does the divinity, the holiness, the godhood of Jesus, why does that matter? And I think there are a few reasons that are significant to your life and to my life, even in the here and now today. The first reason that the divinity of Jesus is important is because it gives us, he gives us a clear picture of who God is. If you ever wanted to know what God was like, we only have to look to Jesus. In fact, look at what he, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 1. He says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. This was the way in the Old Testament times that God spread his word, that God spoke to the people, that people were able to get to know God was through the prophets. Verse 2, But now in these final days... He has spoken to us through his Son. And it says God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the whole universe. This is significant. This is pointing to the divinity of Jesus here. It says that the, the world as we know it was created through the Son, through Jesus. What that means is that when Jesus showed up in Bethlehem, it wasn't that he had just been created. Jesus had always existed as a member of the Trinity, and he created the world, and yet, there he was. 
in human form, lying in a little manger. And the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, the Son, Jesus, he radiates God's own glory. He expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Again, points to the divinity of Jesus, that he holds all things by the power of his command, and it says that he, he exemplifies the very character of God. It's not that Jesus is just a lot like God, it's that Jesus is God, that he was expressing God's character. And so, if we want to know, again, what God is like, we only have to look at Jesus. Now, I know some of you in the room, you might be like, well, man, I've, I've read some of the Bible, and, and when I read the Old Testament, I kind of get this feeling like God is, well, he's mad and, and angry, and he's punishing people. And then I read the New Testament, and I read about Jesus, and man, it, it seems like, well, I like him a lot more. Like, he's more loving and, and kind and, and merciful and, and gentle. And yet it's when we read the whole of Scripture and when we see the coming of Jesus that we do get a more clear and fuller picture of all of God's character. And it's not that, that mercy and grace and love didn't uh, exist or wasn't part of the character of the God that we read about in the Old Testament. No, smattered throughout the old pages of the Old Testament, yes, there's, there's righteous judgment and there's punishment, but there's also mercy and, and kindness and, and forgiveness. Otherwise, I mean, we would have been wiped out. And it's not that in the New Testament with Jesus that it's all just lovey-dovey. Jesus said some hard things. Jesus called out the religious leaders of the day, called them whitewashed tombs. Jesus got angry, went into the temple because he, he saw that people were taking advantage of others by their, what they're buying and they're selling. And he turns over the tables in anger and says, this is, this is my house and my house will be called a house of prayer. Even you, you go back into the Old Testament and we see this picture of the Old Testament God says, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. And yet, it says, he also does not leave the guilty unpunished. Our God is a whole God. He, he is who he is. And that means... Even as Jesus came onto the scene, it gives us this fuller picture. He was both righteous and just and punished sin. And Jesus is coming again. And the Bible says he'll be the judge of all the earth. And yet at the same time, he's extending his mercy and grace and love even to us today. The divinity of Jesus matters because Jesus gives us a clear, fuller picture of who God is. But there's a second reason why the divinity of Jesus matters. It's because his actions, Jesus' actions on our behalf, then become sufficient. Because they aren't just the actions of a man. They aren't just the actions of a good man or even a godly man. They're the actions of God himself on our behalf, which includes the cross and the resurrection. Hebrews 1.3 says this way, when he, speaking of Jesus, had cleansed us from our sins, 
he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. That verse just assumes that humanity needed to be cleansed from sin. And the assumption was right. The assumption was right for the Old Testament Israelites that God was trying to show his mercy and grace to, and he was pointing to the promise of a, of a, a future Savior and Messiah. And it's true of you and me today. Our wrong thoughts, our wrong attitudes, our wrong actions, we desperately need a cleansing from our sin. And under the Old Testament law, uh, the only way that people would be made right by God was through their faith, but their faith in, in a sacrifice being made. And it was an, it was an animal sacrifice system. And, and every time a person blew it, again and again and again, sacrifices would have to be made. Blood would be shed of an innocent animal. And, and it, it, didn't, it didn't cleanse people from their sins. It just was a temporary covering until the next time, and the next time, and the next time. Can you imagine living under that system? Constantly being reminded of our sin, our, our need for God, our inability to do it right, to get it right. And yet this whole system was pointing towards Jesus, the one that came for us at Christmas, just the right person, just the right and perfect sacrifice. And so Jesus then goes to the cross and, and, and gives his life for our lives so that no longer do our sins just have to be kind of covered over, but our, our sins can be completely wiped away, forgiven forever, only Jesus. The writer of Hebrews says it's, it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings. And Jesus said, but you have given a body to me to offer. This, this verse doesn't just point to the divinity of Jesus, but it also points to his humanity. That Jesus had to have a human body in order to die a human physical death on your behalf and mine to pay for our sins. I love the way that GotQuestions.org puts it. His divine nature made him fit for the work of Redeemer. But his human body allowed him to shed the blood necessary to redeem. No human being with a sin nature could pay such a debt. No one else could meet the requirements to become the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Only Jesus. Just the right person. And like I said, these verses, they don't just allude to the divinity of Christ, but they also allude to the humanity of Christ, that he had a body, that he took on human flesh. Remember, Jesus was just the right person because he was fully God but also because he was fully human. And this is so important for us to understand. And this is so important for your friends and neighbors and coworkers that don't understand, like, who is this God and who is this Jesus and why did he have to come? The, the divinity and the humanity of Jesus matters. Remember what, it's, what, what our key text says. 
Yes, God sent his son, but his son that was born of a woman and born subject to the law. So why does the humanity of Jesus matter? And I think there are a few reasons. Number one, because Jesus could experience life as we do. Our God is not a God that is off away and out of touch with our very real lives. In Luke chapter 2, this is written about Jesus. He was probably about 12 years old at the time. And it's an infamous verse that says, And Jesus grew, and he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Jesus experienced life just like you and I do. He, he grew. Uh, he grew in favor with God and with man. It's like Jesus, when he walked this earth, he fulfilled our chapel mission statement. Even Jesus, as a human being, took one step closer to his Father and one step closer towards others through Christ. And he was the Christ. I love the way that Chad Bird puts it. He says, it's one thing for God to be with us as God, but it's a whole different level for God to be with us as a fellow human being who spent 40 weeks in utero, learned how to crawl and then walk, suffered through puberty, and eventually faced the firing squad of Roman crucifiers. We have that God, Jesus, just the right person, fully God and yet fully human. Why does the humanity of Jesus matter? Well, because he experienced life as we do, and that included temptation. Think about uh, the, the temptation of Jesus as recorded in the Gospels. Um, oops, my bad. I got to go back one. In Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, it says, the Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. Jesus, because he was also fully human, he was dependent upon God, his Father. He was dependent upon the angels caring for him out amongst the wild beasts as he was being tempted. And, and when you read the, the story of the temptation, he's tempted in three main categories. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the, the pride of life. And Jesus was hit head-on by Satan himself, and yet the Bible says he rose above and he was without sin. But he really felt temptation. So when you're struggling and you, when you're feeling kind of pulled and it's such a fight to try to do what is right, in some mysterious way, our God, through Jesus the Son, he knows what you are feeling. This is why the humanity of Jesus is important. And finally, because Jesus can then identify with us. Look at what the writer of Hebrews again says in chapter 4, verse 15. This high priest, speaking of Jesus of ours, he understands our weaknesses. He faced all of the same testings as we do, and yet he did not sin. Not only was Jesus tempted, but Jesus was also tested. And so if you're, if you're in a test right now in your life, maybe it's not a temptation, maybe it's just a, 
a weighty thing. Maybe it's a hardship. Maybe it's something that's so heavy that you just think, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Or you've come to a place where it's like, man, I'm about ready to just call it quits. Or I'm ready to just give up on God. You know, Jesus hung on the cross and, and cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you're in a, in a season of testing our Jesus, he gets it. He's been there. He's been tested. Tested to the point of death and willingly gave his life. I love the way Chad Bird again puts it. He says, we have a God who knows intimately what it is to feel a heartbreaking Hot tears running down his cheeks, blood flowing from gaping wounds. He knows what it's like to be both loved and hated, as well as betrayed. There is no human emotion foreign to his experience. There is no human need that he has not felt pressing into his soul. Jesus is our fully divine and fully human God. When the right time came, just the right time, God sent his son, divine, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, born to a woman, subject to the law, fully human. God so that his payment on our behalf would be sufficient. God so that he could show us a fuller, clearer picture of the God that loves us and cares for us and fully human. So that we never have to wonder, does Jesus really know how I'm feeling right now? And able to give his life away for you and for me. So I want to close our time just reflecting. And first, maybe just to take a moment, maybe, maybe when, when I first shared, you know, about just the right people in your life, maybe some, some people came to your mind. And maybe you just need to pause. Maybe even need to send a text. Maybe you need to give somebody a call later. And just to thank God for bringing just the right people into your life. And then secondly, to just pause and to thank Jesus for being the perfect one willing to come for us at Christmas time. Maybe you're here this weekend and you've been unsure about the whole God thing and religion thing and lots of questions. Well, how is he God? How is, why does this all matter? And maybe you've never stepped into a, a real faith walk, putting your life in the hands of Jesus and trusting him with your soul, seeking him for your forgiveness. And maybe this Christmas, your greatest gift is to just give your life back to him. Would you just pray with me? Lord, thank you that you love us. God, thank you for loving us enough to send your one and only son, Jesus, at just the right time, just the right person. And you did not just come for me. You came for each person in this room. You came for each friend, coworker, neighbor. You came for the Batwa people in Burundi. And you came for us. Help us to respond to you in faith, to turn to you, to call out to you, Jesus. 
to take over our life, to forgive us of our sins. Thank you for giving your body on the cross as payment and for rising from the grave to offer us new and everlasting life. We worship you today. Would you help us to live our lives in such a way that other people get a greater, clearer glimpse of the God that loves them? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great rest of your day.